0: The World Talk Radio Network.
1: The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
0: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlin broadcasting from wonderful Arizona. Today, I'm in the studios of Voice America, and it's always good to be here. We started out a few minutes late. Sometimes all the wonderful technology doesn't do exactly what you want it to, but we're off and running now. Today, we're going to be talking about emotions and subtle energy. I've been running some articles this week about emotions, so you might want to visit the blog, and if you're not familiar with it, it's The Self-Improvement Blog, all run together as one word. The Self-Improvement Blog. You'll see there a picture of today's guest and get a look at her book. There's also an article that she wrote on energy awareness and expanding consciousness that I really encourage you to read. It's very, very good. I love receiving original articles, and there's a page on my blog that tells you how to do that. I'm getting more and more of you uh, requesting to get an article on there, and I, I, I look forward to them. Just go read read the page and send me an article. Uh, always happy to get it. You'll hear from me right away. You know, we, we hear more and more talk about emotions these days. Uh, back in what we would sometimes term the good old days, we were told not to trust our emotions, to think with our head, not with our heart. We're told boys don't cry, that we shouldn't let anyone see or know how we feel. Um, you may have even been told you shouldn't feel that way. Commercials used to tell us, don't let them see you sweat. Of course, that was a deodorant Commercial. In 1995, Daniel Goleman wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence, and in 1999, Candace Pert wrote Molecules of Emotions, and these two books had a huge impact on how we view and how we deal with emotions, a wonderful change. Um, The link between illness and stuffed emotions, or undealt with emotions, has been clearly demonstrated, and... We're beginning to learn that our emotions are an essential part of who we are. You know, I kind of consider them the frosting on the cake. we have, in the last twenty years, also learned more about energy, subtle energy, not something we've embraced in our Western culture. And there's also much more interest in consciousness and in spiritual nature, our spiritual nature. In our Western culture, we viewed the human more as a machine than holistically. And, you know, we're beginning to understand what the mystics have known for centuries and centuries. And our guest today, Dr. Cynthia Andrews, has put these together for us in her new book, The Path of Emotions. And we're going to be talking to her today. Dr. Cynthia Andrews is a naturopathic physician with a private practice in Guilford, Connecticut, where she combines natural medicine with energy modalities. My only regret is that she doesn't live in Arizona. Uh, she graduated from the College of Naturopathic Medicine at the University of Bridgeport, taught at the Connecticut Center for Massage Therapy, and currently teaches at the Kripalu Yoga Institute, which is a really wonderful uh, place of learning. She's an authorized teacher of the Jin Shin Do Foundation and the founder of the Shoreline Center for Holistic Health. She's the author of several books on health and spirituality and the newly released Path of Emotions, Transform Your Emotions into Energy to Achieve Your Greatest Potential. She has spoken for the United Nations, the World's Genesis Foundation, the Ambassador for Youth Programme and the Inner Light Fellowship, among other organizations. And I am absolutely delighted to welcome her today. Welcome, Cynthia, to the Self-Improvement Show.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I,
0: I, I first of all just want to thank you for putting this book together. It's such a wonderful synthesis of the important things in our life. And I'm, I'm glad to get this last touch, this blend of emotions and energy together. In a book, it kind of is the last piece of the holistic puzzle, in my way of thinking. There may be more, but not if so, I'm I'm not aware of them. Start out. Let's you know, tell us more about yourself. I know you know we we got the bio, but who really is Cynthia Andrews?
2: Um, Well, you know, it's interesting. I started I started in this work very young, really, Um, but as a massage therapist and an energy therapist, and you know, I, I came into massage because of the pain and the and, and injuries of my own body and I think a lot of people do go into healing in order to heal their own body. But in uncovering the um you know, the the healing processes, what I what I found was that I couldn't heal until I dealt with the emotions that had been lodged in my body at the time that these injuries had, had occurred. And so, really, my entire focus on emotions and the importance of emotions in the body came about through my own healing process. And then my fascination with subtle energy has been lifelong. It has, my parents were Edgar Casey followers, so there were a lot of books around that I could read about subtle energy. And I started reading at a very young age. So, for me, they all kind of naturally wove together. I was incredibly lucky to find a bodywork system that brought them together um Back in the 80s, which it was, it was a little bit before really this was kind of, um, you know, mainstream. And that was with, um, Iona Marcia Garden and her body mm. work called Jin Chin Do, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal body work system.
0: You're really very fortunate because many of us didn't know about the energy system. I didn't, I, I found out about it when I was in my 30s and, and really quite ill. I was told by the doctor, "We can't. We have nothing to help you with. If you're going to get well, you're going to have to do it yourself." So I went on a a, a massive expedition to learn everything I could yeah. about anything that would get me through it, and couldn't imagine anything as wonderful as the chakras. <laughs> I was so excited to find out that something like this existed. You know. And so you've been aware of subtle energy most of your life.
2: I have been aware of its presence. And, and in my early teens, I used to do all of the exercises to see the aura. And I, I would sit for hours crossing my eyes with, you know <laughs> trying to find, see the aura, which I never could. But then when I was about 17 or 18, I, I was petting my cat. And each time I brought my hand down towards the cat's body, I became aware that there was resistance and it was about a couple inches off and as I followed that contour, you know, it completely contoured the the cat's body and I realized that I was feeling the energy field and so that opened up an entire doorway and I was feeling everything and you could feel the layers and you could feel where the chakras were and after I had been really working with that for a while and feeling it for a while, I began to pay attention to how my body felt inside, and I realized that the hands, the hands, were really just a um, antenna, and that the the discerning of the information was happening in my chakra system. And once I began to really pay attention on that level. I realized that in the mind's eye, I could see the auras. I just couldn't see them physically, physically. outside of my inside of my head.
0: I'm so. really glad to hear you say that because I don't see them either. But I can mm-hmm. I can tell you what what I think they are, mm-hmm. and it's usually right. And it always mm-hmm. amazes me that I get that information <laughs> because I know people who see mm-hmm. and see very clearly. It's interesting in your book you say that the key to understanding subtle energy lies with our emotions and you know i in a way i guess i knew that but that's a new piece to me you know why do what do you mean by this how do you how do you hook them together
2: you know i think everybody who studies the chakra system knows that that's true it's just that they've never really quite put it together in in that way necessarily before but um, if you look at at the definitions of the chakras, you see that with every chakra there's an association of an organ and and a a, a, nerve, a a gland and and a color and a tone and an emotion. And the reason that the emotion is there is because our bodies are these incredible. Instruments that are in constant interaction. They have everything that we need in the body to interact with this energy realm, and we're constantly receiving and sending signals. And those signals come into the chakra system, and they're translated into information that we can then act on. And that information comes into our nervous system, and we feel things. But mostly it comes and translates into an emotion, and then that emotion informs us, gee, I'm uncomfortable in this situation or I don't know. I've never met this person before in my life, but I'm going forward and I'm and I'm meeting them because there is this sense, there's this feeling. All of those things are coming from this subtle energy realm and being interpreted by our chakras and translated into an emotional language.
0: How do we tune into that in a in a way that we're better receivers? Mm.
2: Well, we're receiving it all the time. The problem is we get overlays on our system of unprocessed emotions in the past. Things that we haven't fully processed can can then um, are it's like we resist the experience through muscle tension and that muscle tension organizes itself into segments, and then those segments um Keep us from experiencing life in a full way, and then when an emotion comes in, like for example, um, if you're if you're suffering from tremendous grief and the grief is so huge that it's that you you just can't feel it or it will overwhelm you, then you tighten up your chest and you don't allow the feeling in, and that's great. It's a survival mechanism. It helps you, and slowly over time you process, and then you can expand your chest again and feel and be in your chest, but if you never process it, then, you're, then your chest segment stays closed down. So that means that you don't have to feel the grief, but you also can't feel any of the other emotions of that segment, like love and joy and, and um, you know satisfaction and a whole bunch of other things, and so you start living a very damped-down life. And the organs in those segments can't function properly, and so you begin to develop different... Um, physical problems, and um, that that then becomes the overlay through which you experience the world. So um, first, we have to go through, and we have to begin to do the, the clearing process of encountering each of the tensions in our body and finding out what's the emotional component of it, listening to it, and releasing it, so that we can become a clear, um, receptive. Vehicle, you know, for what we're interacting with in a moment to moment way.
0: And that sounds like a lot of work.
2: (laughs) Well, living here on this planet, (laughs) I find a lot of work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. You know, it just occurred to me that generally uh, we haven't talked much about energy on the show. We have, we've never had a program on chakras or subtle energy um Chinese medicine any of those things so I wonder if we need to define our terms a little bit why don't we go to break and when we come back let's talk a little bit more about energy and what it is how it shows up mm-hmm. um, this is Irene Conlon with my guest Dr. Cynthia Andrews saying stay tuned we're going to come back and talk more about energy <laughs>
3: Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog. A look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com Today and stay connected.
0: I'm Martine Rudin, Chief Marketing Officer of Macy's. We're a proud supporter of the March of Dimes. Walking in March for Babies is always special, but with your help, we can make this year better than ever as we celebrate 75 years of March of Dimes breakthroughs for babies. Join us in March for Babies to help more moms have full term pregnancies and healthy babies. Start your team today at MarchForBabies.org and March to Help Babies.
3: Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv.
2: Listen. Listen.
1: The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlin.
0: Welcome back to the self-improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Cynthia Andrews um we're talking about subtle energy and emotions today and i know this is asking a lot because we could have a whole series of shows on the subtle energies uh on the chakras what they do and and i'm asking you to put in a nutshell for our visitors who may not be familiar with this what a cha- what a chakra is what's the energy system that we have that we call subtle energy
2: Okay, so um, that's that's excellent to tr- to get ourselves all on the same page with this, and so thank you for for bringing that in. Um, you know, basically, subtle energy is what we refer to as life force. Is that which makes the difference between a body that's alive and a body that's dead when all the systems are functional. And you know, anybody who's ever been with someone who has died or an animal who has died notices the light that leaves. It just it's just an extraordinary. Turn off, and that life force which animates and motivates and organizes um, form is what we're talking about when we talk about subtle energy. It's really the the next level of physics. It's the underlying unifying field of physics, in my belief, that eventually will be discovered, and so. Everything you know um, has this energy flowing through it in a very organized way. Energy is not a, a disorganized, chaotic um, thing. And in our bodies, we have three energy structures that interact with each other. We have a, an electromagnetic field around us called the aura, and then we have these centers inside of us called chakras, which are really um, centers that metabolize energy. They they absorb the um, subtle energy interactions or subtle energy that flows around us and translate it into usable information in our system. In the, in the same way that we breathe in air and our lungs translate that into usable um, oxygen and energy, and we take in food and our digestive system translates that into usable nutrients. Um, our energy centers are doing the same thing. They're taking into subtle energy and, and um metabolizing it into usable information, which then gets translated to every cell in the body through the meridian system.
0: Let me ask you this. How does it interact with our own nervous system? Mm. The
2: nervous system, so with this idea of the chakras, um, each chakra um, is at a level in the torso of the human body and up through the head that, that corresponds to a nerve ganglion. And that nerve ganglion is where neuropeptides are created that that um, carry molecules of emotion in in uh, Candace Pert's terminology, but carry the um, inf- the emotional information through our body. And so when when the energy comes into the chakra system, the chakra system then stimulates the production of these neuropeptides at these um, at these ganglia in the body, these nerve plexuses.
0: So, you know, basically what I hear you saying is that everything in our body works together.
2: Everything works together. And you know, so some things that I'm saying are esoteric like talking about chakras, and some things are physiologic, like talking about nerve ganglia, and I'm suggesting there certainly isn't any concrete information, but I'm suggesting that the link between them is this is this um energetic link.
0: Now, I, I, if if everybody has read and, and probably everybody has not read Eben Alexander's book Proof of Heaven, mm-hmm. you get some idea of consciousness and you know what what it's about and, and and I think you can kind of put this in with what he talks about as consciousness
2: oh absolutely you know um, my my husband and I work um, study consciousness uh, and, you know, try and understand it from a from a native um, indigenous perspective to, you know, a scientific perspective. And one of the people that we talk to a lot is um, Edgar Mitchell, who is one of the astronauts who, mm. um, you know, and he, t- he talks about what it is to be off of the earth for the first time and looking back and understanding um the vastness of of which we are a part, in in you know a way we can't really comprehend, and and that consciousness is like this formative and and connective force that isn't subtle energy, but is carried on subtle energy. It's a, it's a very interesting thing.
0: I mean, it, it, there's so much we don't know. So yeah. much we're just beginning to to get a glimpse of. Uh, and a lot of people totally reject the idea of subtle energy, and yet there's more and more evidence that it's so... Mm-hmm. You know, a long time ago I decided that because I don't understand it or know about it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist uh, because so I'm so true. limited. So uh,
2: and, you know, an interesting thing about that, people often ask me, what is it going to take before... Um, you know it 's widespread mainstream accepted that this subtle energy exists and, and my response is it takes individual experience and as individuals experience it, then it begins to impinge on institutions and and What I notice all the time is that you know i 'll have a lot of patients coming to me from uh, who who see standard medical doctors and and um, Sometimes they're the wives and the children of these standard medical doctors and they're studying Reiki and they're taking yoga and they're having energy experiences and they're going home and they're talking to their father and their husband and their wives and their, you know, the doctors and their families about their experiences. And this is how it's going to eventually get in there. It isn't going to be from scientific proof. It's going to be from our individual experiences and the sharing
0: of them. Right. And one by one they'll begin yeah. to get it. Now, I, I just, hope that they begin to incorporate it into their medical practice mm-hmm. and see us more than just a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to tell a few things like this to my own doctor who doesn't quite want to hear it, but mm-hmm. um, nevertheless. You know, so, you know, the, the chakras, the subtle body has a lot to do with our intuition. How do emotions then do emotions have anything to do with intuition or our gut instinct is what I want to say here
2: yeah I, I would say yes, absolutely, and that is the term I would use as well as the the kind of gut instinct that that immediate aversion or attraction is coming from something and it 's coming from the subtle energy information that 's being metabolized in that chakra so um, I, I think that is that is the the basis of the of of intuition is that emotional energy um system it's it's an information system it's like we have the nervous system is an information system and the endocrine system is an information system but this Subtle energy system is also an information system, and it is informing us continually of how we are in the world and how we are in relationship to the world. And basically, what emotions talk to us about is connection and relationship, and how are we interacting? Other things may may talk to us, you know, about conditions, but that talks to us about interaction, and that is the basis of life:
0: is interaction. Absolutely. How does all this work with the subconscious mind? Is there is? I mean, I'm just that just came in. um, There's got to be a connection here. It's got to work somehow. You know, if we see the if we see the mind like a computer and the subconscious mind, there's all the programming.
2: Well, Candace Pert talks about the subconscious mind being the body, and that is a that is an Eastern medicine perspective that. The subconscious mind is held within the body, and that is why the body is so important in processing emotions and, um, you know, and in determining our belief systems and things like that.
0: I, I'm just wondering if you can even divide these things up. Yeah. Are they so intricately related that yeah. uh, they make up one nice, lovely organism?
2: Yeah, we love to divide and label. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We do that, don't we? In your book, you you say that negative emotions um, are important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are ne- negative emotions? Seems like these are the ones we need to process and and you know let go of. How do they help us? You know, it's it's
2: it's back to that idea that if you process things in the mo in the moment, they're just telling you about information. If you don't process them then then they become a belief and they impact how you see and perceive and interact in the world. But everything, I mean, everybody's favorite thing to hate these days is fear. You know, you can't fear, don't fear. Well, you know, fear kinda keeps you safe. If you didn't have fear you would not know what what was dangerous and what wasn't dangerous. Fear is not a harmful emotion. It's only harmful when we suppress it or repress it, and, um, you know, so the key to dealing with what we consider negative emotions is to listen to them, hear the information, and then discharge the energy that they carry, because emotions give you two things. They give you information about the environment that you're in, and they give you the energy to do something about it. So in the old days, you'd be walking under a tree, and a saber-toothed tiger is going to jump off at you, and even before you know it's there, your body feels it, and you feel fear and then you also have this incredible biochemical reaction cascading chemicals through your system, and you have the, the energy to either run as fast as you can or to turn and fight, even without before you even know what it is that's there. So we have this in our, in our makeup and in our system, and now we don't necessarily discharge the energy we feel the fear we immediately damp it down we say there's nothing to be afraid of maybe there's a mugger down the street maybe there isn't i'm just going to turn this way and ignore it and then what do we do with all that energy the energy doesn't get discharged it just stays in the system and becomes a trigger and the next time you feel fear it's amplified because you've never discharged all of this this energy that was um generated the very first time you felt it And pretty soon the world becomes a fearful
0: place. (laughs) Yes. What can we do about it in the moment? Let's say, you know, we're walking down the street. We get this feeling that somebody's following us. We're fearful. We turn around and look. There's nobody there, but we still have this fear. Mm -hmm. How do we process it in the moment so we don't, you know, store it? Yeah, I think
2: that that is the big thing. So in the moment, I mean, the first thing you feel fear is you look and you make sure, am I safe? And when you ascertain that, yes, I am safe, you say, okay, just stop for a moment and let myself feel this fear. I'm safe. I don't have to worry that I'm going to get hurt. Let me feel this fear. What is this fear trying to talk to me about? If it's not giving me information about the present moment, it's telling me about where I got stuck in the past. So let's feel it and let's see where it's going to take me. And Oftentimes, you'll just look around and you see a door, you'll see a color, you'll see something overhead that suddenly you remember, oh, yeah, something bad happened when, or your story will fill in and it will tell you, and then you can say right there in that moment, I choose a different way. I choose a different way. I'm going to take this energy, I'm going to discharge it, and I'm going to... Um, Take a heart-centered action. So, if we if we look at this, I have kind of this fourfold process of, of how you do this. And the first thing is to understand that every emotion that you have, whether it's one we consider negative or one we consider positive, changes our energy field, and it's doing something very specific in our energy field. Anger is strengthening our boundaries. Fear is enlivening your system for immediate action. Um, anxiety is talking to us about incongruence between our beliefs and what's real and it's bringing our energy into our core to to figure out that incongruence. And so if you know what the energy is trying to do in your system, then you can just immediately do it for for it. So if fear is trying to keep me safe and is, you know, mobilizing in my core for safety, then bring all my energy inside to my core. Bring it all in and feel safe.
0: What about the positive emotions? Mm. How do we, you know, shouldn't we work with them to enhance them even more?
2: We definitely want to live in states of what I call, or not I actually, Jonathan Haidt has, <laughs> has named these um, transcendent emotions, these self-transcendent emotions like gratitude and awe and um, compassion, you know, that these living in those emotions lifts us out of our self-interest into a more unified kind of of place but even positive emotions other than these kind of five or six transcendent emotions can can be overdone just that just in the same way that fear can or anger or any of the so-called negative emotions can have a negative impact on your well-being, so can these really positive emotions. I mean, all of us know what it's like to be so giddy with happiness that we engage in risky behavior and come out the next day and wonder, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Well, we really weren't paying attention to the deeper pieces of information. We were carried along on a wave of um, excessive emotions.
0: Ah, uh, interesting thought. Hadn't quite thought about it that way, but that, that totally makes sense.
2: They call it, in Chinese medicine, they call it overjoy.
0: Overjoy. I'm, And we use that phrase, I'm just overjoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm overjoyed. Hmm. Interesting. What happens to our energy when, you know, with negative fear and what happens to our energy with positive fear? I think, I mean, it seems to me that the answer is given, but I, I could be off base here. Um, I'm not really
2: even sure what you mean by negative fear or positive well,
0: fear. Well, you know, I, I don't mean positive fear. I mean positive emotions. If we have negative emotions like fear or anger, um, what does that do to our energy in, in terms... And what is the positive? I mean, you can feel it, but what's really happening?
2: Yeah, okay. So first of all, we need to maybe not even label emotions as positive or negative and look instead at comfortable and uncomfortable. Okay. And so we tend to say that any emotion that makes us uncomfortable is negative. And I would say if you're uncomfortable, what do you need to do? What growth, what resource do you need to develop? What is your body asking you to change to become comfortable? Because that's your growth edge. And so it's not a negative. It's a, gro- it's a growth process. And so I think if we start to look at emotions less as being about what makes us um what makes, I don't even know how to describe it really, but, um, you know, less about a judgment of good or bad and more about an observation of an interaction that we're engaged in and um, how we can use that to grow and develop ourselves.
0: So you're saying don't be the judge of an emotion, don't put a label on it. But ask, what is it here for? What are you to learn from it? What is it telling you to do?
2: That's exactly right. Let it be your guide. Let every emotion be your ally.
0: Ah, easier said than done. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about... How, how can we learn the message of an emotion? What, how do we know what it's telling us? We've been taught forever, mm-hmm. don't listen to your heart, listen to your, your head, and your head doesn't always get it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that okay with you? Absolutely. Okay. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. We're talking about emotions and we'll talk more when we come back.
3: Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk
1: Radio. best-selling authors find tantalizing new books learn the latest healthy living tips and be inspired to coach yourself to success on star style be the star you are every thursday from 3 to 4 p.m pacific time on world talk radio the oprah of the airwaves cynthia bryan and her health hero daughter heather Brittany fire up the airwaves with upbeat positive life-changing talk radio it's the power hour on star style be the star you are thursdays from three to four p.m pacific on the world talk radio variety channel come play with us never say never, live your dream.
3: want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite world talk radio network host how about what's new with our network
0: Welcome back to the Self Improvement Show. This is Irene Connolly with my guest, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. We're talking about subtle energy and emotions. And before we get into talking about how we learn the message of emotions, um, I-, I want to ask Dr. Cynthia to give us where her website is, how to reach her, anything that she needs to tell you so you can learn more about what she does and what she teaches.
2: Oh, thank you, Irene. Well, I have two websites. One is um, andrewshealingarts. dot com, which is really uh, uh, sort of about my naturopathic practice, and the other is thepathofenergy.com, dot com, which has more to do with the books that I write. But I have to say that I am not a good webmaster. My my websites are dreadfully out of, of date, and we are it is our summer project to get them up together, but. Um, that is how you can reach me, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and how do they find your book? Tell us about both of your books. Um, the Amazon.com,
2: Barnes and Noble carry them. Um, on my website, I saw signed copies of them. Um, so there are, and they should be in almost every bookstore. And if you go in a bookstore and it isn't there, then ask for it.
0: <laughs> right. She has the path of emotions and the path of energy. Those are the titles. There are wonderful subtitles, but you know, look for those. The path of emotions, the path of energy. They're really worth the read. And if you if you aren't familiar with subtle energy, this is a good place to start. Uh, we want to talk about how we learn the message of an emotion.
2: Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. Um, y- our bodies know how to do this. Our bodies are designed to do this. It is our training that gets in the way. And I go back to—I like to tell this story of um, when my kids were really little. I used—they used to have these playmates who would come, and we would do creative things during the day. And there was these two young girls who came from a family of, you know, professional people. A lot of expectation on the kids to be pretty perfect. And one day we were there and we were drawing T-shirts, and one of the girls with this incredible earth on on the t-shirt and you know the continents and oceans and waves just gorgeous i'm artistically challenged i was a little jealous i have to admit (laughs) ahead of time (laughs) i
0: understand (laughs) trust me
2: so she stood she stood up and she held up her t-shirt and one of the continents leaked into the ocean and she just lost it so the kids all put their t-shirts down and the other kids ran out to play and she stood in front of the t-shirt that was drying and she was just trembling all over and shaking and the body has five ways of discharging emotional energy it shakes it laughs it cries it sighs it yawns you know like those are the key ways that we discharge emotional energy so she's standing in front of this t-shirt and and she's trembling and she's clenching and unclenching her her hands and um, I'm sitting there in the, and, you know, the part of me that's a little bit jealous, I admit this straight up, wanted to just say, oh, you know, stop worrying about yeah, it, go on outside get and over it. <laughs> you know? yeah, get, get over it. Get over it. So, the other part of me that, you know, the, the the mother part of me wanted to say, oh, sweetheart, don't worry, it's fine. And both of those things would have diminished her experience, not allowed her to process the failure that she was feeling and, um, you know, come to terms with it. And if I had interrupted her process, the, what she would have been left with is, I, I'm a failure, I can't do art. But I didn't. I sat next to her and I witnessed with her as she went through all of this, and at the end of it she has this big, huge sigh. She runs out to play with the kids, and when her parents came, she's holding the T-shirt up and, look at my T-shirt, look at my T-shirt, and she's all excited about it. And, you know, it's like if you interrupt the process once, no big deal, you get over it. But if you, if every time you're processing a sense of failure or disappointment or whatever, or fear or anger, if you're interrupted, then it becomes a belief about the world and a belief about yourself in the world. And then it interferes with your life. So if we can just stop and take the moment to... Let our body do what it's doing. And all we have to do is acknowledge that the emotion is there, acknowledge that the emotion is telling us something, and then wait. We'll, we'll know within moments what it's all about because the body knows how to do it.
0: Yeah, I love the phrase, her continent ran into her ocean. <laughs> And I'm sitting here with that thinking, you know, don't we all sometimes have our continent dribble down into the ocean and we don't know what to do with it? So yeah. how do we find out? You know, my continent just really gushed into the ocean. What am I supposed to learn from that? You now it seems like my world is falling apart. What do I do with that? How do I learn instead of saying, no, no, I don't want this.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, in the end, what did you have to learn? You know, it was wet, and don't hold it up next time. It's like it's like it's so the the, the lessons are really such simple lessons, but what we do with them internally are so huge.
0: She could have gone to. I'll never do another T-shirt. I'll That's never right. draw again. I won't paint. I'm no good. Um, you know, I'm not good enough. Blah blah blah.
2: And we're trained at a very young age because most of the, pe- the parents around us are do- had the same reaction that I had. You know, to diminish it. And very few stop and, and 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 give us time to deal with what we need to deal with as children. We're rushed back outside, or or we're rushed through the process, or we're told big girls don't cry, or no, no big boys don't cry. A
0: big Girls there's a song about about big girls don't cry, so it's gotta be true, huh? Yeah,
2: so so then we pick up these teachings and then we don't allow the body to give us the information that it's trying to give us. And the information is simple, it's not hard stuff. You know, all we have to do is acknowledge the presence of the emotion and the information it's carrying will be very fast upon us.
0: (laughs) So you're saying if I just got out of a really rotten relationship because he dumped me, I should realize that this is a good thing process through it, and the next time look for somebody who doesn't have those qualities. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, more or less, yes, exactly. (laughs) That that type of thing is what we're talking about here. (laughs) Um, My body will let me know with probably relief. Mm-hmm. a feeling of relief that I've made that it, that it is a good thing it was yeah. a good cho- a good choice on his part to dump me I, ha- I want my listeners to know I have not been dumped or anything that's just the thought that came to my right. mind right. because it's very prevalent and a lot of people are talking about mm-hmm. it um
2: well, you know, and that's a that is a very big thing today. You know, rejection is the hardest human thing to deal with. Is rejection is not being loved or not uh, having your love received by someone. That's a, a hugely impactful thing, and we can develop all kinds of negative beliefs about ourselves by not processing that. But what is it really all about? It's just two people who aren't meeting. That's all it is. You know, it's it's, it's nothing bigger than that. Find the person that you connect with. There is someone out there. You you are a resonant being. There are other beings out there who resonate with you. You will find that special person, and energy will flow between you, and you'll have a tremendous relationship. It's just not this person. It's That's a, all
0: it means. It's like sales. It's a numbers game. You have to keep yeah. going until you find the person. This is a good a, a good question in this realm? Is is love really an emotion? Is, is it more than that?
2: I think of love as the transcendent, transcendent emotion. It, it, it's above all of them, and it's because I think love, all emotions are energy, and so all emotions have a force to them, but but love is the force that organizes and binds us all together. It is the force that holds things in the universe in connection with each other, and so I think of it as, as an emotion but beyond the scope of, of standard emotions, yeah
0: yeah it's yeah it seems to me that it's much much more than yeah. than an emotion, and maybe it's on a number of levels mm-hmm. you know, yeah and we feel it as emotion we get all tingly and mm-hmm. giddy and all of those things, or maybe that's not love, maybe that's more in the lust realm mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so you know. On a daily basis, we experience a lot of different emotions as, as we go through our day. We may experience disappointment because somebody didn't show up or they called and, and became angry with us or, you know, we get angry because of whatever. You know, how do you take that in and process that? Now, can you do that on a moment-to-moment basis? Do you do that all at once at night when you're looking at your day? What's the best way to handle this?
2: I think we have to learn how to do it on a moment-to-moment basis, and I don't think it's really as hard as we think. And it requires one thing. It requires the choice. I mean, really, it is just a choice. It requires that we choose to step out of the dynamic that we're in, and and just step backwards out of ourselves into the mindful witness, into the observer role, where we can observe. Okay, I'm really angry right now. Um, what is that anger trying to do? It's trying to strengthen my my boundaries. Okay, so let's put energy out. Let, let's uh, wherever we send our mind, our energy follows. Our bioenergy field um, follows our mind. So if I put my mind out into into the boundary around me and let my energy flow into that boundary. Now now anger has done its job. It can disappear. I, I'm safe, I'm I'm protected. I'm separated from this person that's trying to harm me. Now I can engage them from this place of safety. And um anger has done what it's meant to do. The first thing I had to do was make the choice to step backward out of You know what we do in our head when we're angry. Then direct the energy, and um, and then take a you know take on the world from that place. It's it's a different way of looking at how we do emotions.
0: What do you do when your head's telling you one thing and your heart's telling you something else? How do you You get them to (laughs) ah? You wait.
2: It means you don't have enough information yet. It means you haven't you, there's still something missing you haven't felt into it fully, you don't have all the pieces yet, or a part of yourself is blocking something, so go inside and work on what it is inside of you that that can't quite engage this and figure it out
0: you know we we run up against forgiveness a lot with this sort of thing. I can't forgive him, he hurt me mm-hmm. too badly uh, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of forgiveness and yet. You know, how are you going to come to peace? That—that's my, you know, my thought of when the head won't let go and the heart's saying, but you need to.
2: It's a hard one. I, I do think that's a very hard one, and I think one of the reasons it's really hard is because we have we don't separate the person from the action you know and we think that if we forgive this person we're telling them that the action is okay and it's like no the action is not okay it is not okay to treat people that way cruelty is never okay it's not okay you know you on the other hand are a person growing and learning and trying to figure out the best that you can the way I am the way everybody else is and so I can accept that you're on a growth curve and I can love you from afar and not, not allow you to ever hurt me again, but I can also let go and, and allow you your path and your purpose and figuring your life out without being, you know, without holding you in, in hatred or, or anger or anything else.
0: I would think you have to be fairly mature emotionally to be yeah. able to get to that. Yeah um so you're saying in essence that when we can behave that way we can really access our own personal power yeah. to a, a greater level is yeah is that where we go from there
2: yeah and living you know our personal power our our personal understanding and being able to live our potential and you know, emotional maturity is a good word and, and the thing that takes us out of being mature emotionally more than anything else is just stress. And sometimes we have to just de-stress our life. I mean, the most stressful period of my life was going back to medical school as a 50 year old, right? Oh. I went back to school with all these 20 year olds in a system that is not, does not honor the person at all. And after spending my life trying to figure out how to honor people, I'll tell you I I broke down it was the worst behavior I have Ever exhibited in my life. I exhibited over, over this period. <laughs> and I really learned about walking this talk, you know, and I came out the other side a very changed person.
0: <laughs> it's wonderful to know that you're a human. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, oh, believe me, if my classmates were to uh, read this book, they would say, That's her?
0: <laughs> that's the same person. <laughs> Cynthia, I hate to say this, but we're right up to the end of the show. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? I would like
2: people to know that they can trust themselves, that they have everything they need inside of themselves, and if they just stop and take the time to listen to their heart, they know exactly what they need. They know exactly what to do, and they're and they're on top of it.
0: Oh, what a perfect message! I, I mean, please listen to that. If, if you guys didn't hear anything else. Hear that. Next week's guest is Steve Wilson. He's a psychologist and a joyologist. He was with us in January, and he's coming back to help us kick off our celebration of National Humor Month. April is National Humor Month. We're going to be talking about humor as a self-improvement tool. Dr. Cynthia Andrews, it has been so wonderful to have you on the show.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking with you.
0: I think we're going to have to have you back. There's so many more questions that keep coming up and, and, um, I, you have such wonderful answers. I, maybe I say that because I agree with everything you say, but, um, it's, it's really been great and I appreciate it so much.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Irene. It's a pleasure.
0: This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Cynthia Andrews, saying thank you for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of The Self-Improvement Show.
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.